Hey guys, happy Friday. Welcome to Relatable. We are going to go over a bunch of stuff today. I'm going to give you a little personal update. Uh, then we're going to talk about some things that happened this week, some bad takes of the week. I think that goes hand in hand with some things that happened this week uh, in the public sphere. And we're going to do some things that you just don't get. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I've been doing uh, things that I don't get for a little bit. But today I asked things that you don't get, things that you don't understand. And if you don't know what I'm talking about by that segment, that's okay. I'm going to explain it before we actually get into it. So first for the personal update, I am 38 weeks pregnant tomorrow. That means I am full term. I made it. That means that she can come at any day and she will be totally fine and fully formed and fully functioning. Now, of course, some people go into labor before 38 weeks and that's great too, but 38 weeks is technically considered full term. If you are confused by that, like if you're someone who hasn't been pregnant before and you don't understand pregnancy timing, know that I was the exact same way before I was pregnant and you are not crazy. Like you hear that pregnancy is nine months, so you think nine months, 36 weeks, that's you know four times nine, I think, if my math is correct. Uh, but really it's 40 weeks, which is over what you think of as nine months uh, because months aren't exactly four weeks each. Uh, it's really confusing when you get there. So 38 weeks is technically full term, but 40 weeks is like when the doctor says that your due date is, but only, I think it's fewer than 5% of pregnancies or 5% of babies are actually born on their due date. So my technical due date is June 29th. She might come before that and she wouldn't be considered early, you would say, oh yeah, she came early, but not really. Like she would be full-term baby, but, uh, or she could be past that. Some people go all the way to 42 weeks. I hope that that's not the case, but I kind of just have like this feeling. I have a feeling that she is going to be later rather than earlier. A lot of people say your first baby, um, is usually later than your other babies or first babies have a tendency to go past their due date. I asked my doctor about that and I did some research. He said statistically that's not that's not true, although I do hear that all the time. I, I hear it from so many moms that I have to believe there's something to it, that the first baby typically goes past the due date, but maybe not. Maybe it just seems that way, but also some people maybe have their first babies early. I'm not totally sure. I just have this feeling in my intuition that she is going to be later rather than earlier, but who knows? We'll see. All that to say, uh, next week is going to be my last week actually recording the podcast. After that, they're going to be the pre-recorded episodes that I've been telling you guys about that I'm so excited for you guys to listen to. And so there's not going to be a break. You guys are still going to listen to me three times a week. I think on the week of July 4th, we're probably going to take one day off, but you are going to still be hearing from me. But these are all uh, episodes that I recorded back in May. So you don't have to worry. Oh, she's not taking a maternity break. Yes, I am taking a maternity break, but I just pre-recorded these for you guys so that you would have some really valuable material while I am resting and while my husband and I are enjoying being parents for the first time. We're going to be covering topics like predestination. We're going to be talking about women teaching and preaching in the church, why Christians should care about politics, but we're also going to be talking about non-theological and uh, non-church related topics like uh, healthcare, Medicare for all, the constitution, things like that. And so these 
these are topics that if you're curious about them, which I know a lot of you guys are because I get questions about these topics a lot. If you're curious about them, you are really going to love these. And these are going to be episodes that I think especially you'll want to share with people who maybe don't know a lot about these topics and really just kind of need a fundamental understanding of what they are. That's what these episodes are going to be. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to them. So Mondays are going to be a theological topic. Wednesdays are going to be a news topic. Friday, or a news topic, I guess more a political topic, not a news topic. Friday uh, will be interview. So I have interviews that I've already done with Dan Crenshaw, with Jeff Durbin, with Ben Shapiro, with Dave Rubin, lots of other people. We're talking about lots of hot topics that I know you guys are curious about and I wanted to get their insight on. You are going to Love it. So this is going to happen for about eight weeks. Now, there is a possibility that over the next couple of weeks or um, after next week, after I say, okay, peace out, there's a possibility that if my baby is not born yet, I will come in and I will record a podcast about something that I just really want to talk about. Like if something happens in the news and my baby hasn't come yet, there might be a possibility that I could record a new podcast and say, okay, I just had to talk about this. And the same goes probably for while I'm on maternity leave. Now it just depends on how I feel and how everything's going. But if there is a day where something happens and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to talk to relatable listeners about this. I just can't let this pass by. And I have the time and energy to do it, then I will record for you guys a 30-minute podcast talking about that particular subject and you won't get the evergreen topic that day. That's definitely a possibility, but the plan is for the eight weeks, eight or so weeks, I guess it would be less than that since I probably, okay, so whatever, eight or so weeks um, after the baby is born, you guys are going to get these evergreen topics that I know that you guys are really going to like. So something that you could do for me if you are interested in it. This is totally your prerogative. Some of you don't do social media. Some of you don't like sharing political stuff on social media, and I totally get it. This is just for those of you who do like sharing stuff and are interested in sharing podcasts. So because I am going to try really hard during this time to stay off social media, it's going to be really difficult. Um, Well, maybe it won't be. Maybe I'll just be so consumed with what I'm doing that I won't even think about social media, but I'm going to try really hard to stay off of social media. So for those of you who are willing, those of you who are interested, who want to, if you could just share about my podcast when the podcast episodes uh, come out, that would mean a whole lot to me. So that could just be sharing on your Instagram story, that could be texting it to your friend, that could be talking about it with your family, your boyfriend, your husband, whoever, Um, sharing it as much as possible, as much as you want to, of course. Um, That would be awesome. That would help me out a lot because I typically try to post on social media, like on Twitter, Instagram, uh, a, a promotion of a particular episode and I'm not going to be doing that or I'm going to try not to do that. So if you guys could do that, then that would help out a whole lot just to make sure that, you know, the podcast is still doing well, even while I am out, that would just make me feel so loved and so cared for. If that's not for you and you just want to listen to the podcast, that's okay too. And I love you just the same. Uh, Also, there are contentious topics that we're going to talk about this summer. And I know that all of you don't agree with every single one of my theological views, and that's fine. Some of you don't agree with every single one of my political views. And we're talking about some contentious things. We're talking about women teaching in the church. We're talking about predestination, the five points of Calvinism. Like we're talking about race. We're talking about Medicare for all. We might disagree on these things. I just hope that Um, even though I'm not able to like engage with you immediately when some of you have concerns or feedback that you 
come to these episodes and say, okay, this is just a point of discussion. And this is making me think about something. I don't agree with her uh, views on Calvinism or whatever it is, but I can still respect her. I hope that no one while I'm away gets this feeling of like, wow, I really disagree with Allie on this and you know, I'm angry or upset or I'm gonna leave her a bad review because I can't believe that she thinks that about predestination or, or whatever it is or the end times, whatever it is. I hope that you still see it and that they still come across as just kind of discussion points and what I have learned from my own research. But as always, I'm looking forward to you guys' feedback. I'm looking forward to the conversations that we're gonna have about these interesting topics. And so please, always feel free to, uh, to email me, Ali at the conservative millennial blog.com. You can send me Instagram messages. I might not see them right away, but it doesn't bother me at all for you to reach out to me and I can uh, respond to you when and if I can. So that covers that covers things that are happening or things that are going to happen in a couple weeks, or I guess in about a week from now. Um, okay, moving on past that. Things that happened this week. First, I just want to say, and I know this is switching tone gears a lot, but I have been watching, some of you have asked me about this. I have been watching the things that are going on in Sudan. Uh, the military-run government there has really cracked down on pro-democracy protesters, and they have gone on a murder and rape rampage. There have been dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds of people who have been murdered and raped uh, by the military-run government there. It is truly terrible. It is demonic, uh, and we need to pray for them. I'm I'm considering doing Monday's episode on this, not just on Sudan, but um, how we in America and how Christians around the world can be praying for these people and what we can do for them and why we should care about it and pay attention to it. It's really easy in our world to just kind of get caught up in the dramatics of the political sphere or the things that are happening right now or the things that are happening. And for example, the Southern Baptist Convention, where there's a lot of theological contention, and maybe we'll talk about that on Monday, I'm not sure. Um, it's easy to just get caught up in that and forget that people are really suffering around the world. And so, um, uh, the only reason I might hesitate to do my entire podcast episode on it on Monday is because there's a lot of background knowledge that needs to be had in order to talk about this in a really wise way. Maybe I can get an expert to come on and talk about it with me, but there's a lot of knowledge that I lack when it comes to the background about Sudan and their people, but I've been reading a lot about it and I have read, for example, George Clooney. I mean, you know, we don't go to celebrities for opinions on everything. But George Clooney had a really what I thought was an informative and a pretty bipartisan letter to Congress saying, OK, here's what you can do to help the Sudanese people. And here's how Congress can take action. And so I think that it would maybe be encouraging for you to Google that, the, the, George, uh, the George Clooney letter about Sudan and just kind of read up about what's going on there. And of course, pray for them, pray for their safety, pray that they would know the love of Christ, pray that Christians over there would be able to stand strong and to share the gospel. Any missionaries that are there, uh, pray for their protection and also pray that they are able to stand strong and persevere in the faith and still be bold in sharing the truth of the gospel that saves. Um, so I just wanted you to know that I am not ignoring that, that I am paying attention to that, that I'm still trying to gather as much information as possible before and if we end up talking about it exclusively on this podcast. Now, Switching gears once again, that's what's happening around the world. Things that are happening right here. As you know, the 2020 election is ramping up. I mean, I feel like we just got out of 2016. I really do. And I'm like still tired from it. I think I was talking about this on Monday in the Unbearable episode. It's like, 
I there's or maybe it was before that just the vitriol that surrounded the 2016 election you probably lost friends you probably deleted maybe deactivated your Facebook account because you were like I just can't do this anymore and it feels like it feels like we are it feels like it was just yesterday and now we're going into it again if okay this is kind of an inappropriate metaphor I'm just using it as a metaphor again if you have kids in the car maybe you don't want them to hear this but it feels like okay if you had your crazy time in college and you went on some kind of drinking rampage and oh my cat's in my my cat's in my podcast get down it was sweatpants um if you went on some kind of drinking rampage when you were in college and you woke up the next day and you still felt awful and then you decided to go out the next night and do it again, that's what it feels like we are ramping up to do. I feel like we are still in some ways hung over from 2016 and we are about to do it all again in 2020. Uh, that's, I don't know how else to say it. That's just what it feels like. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that because we had that experience in 2016, we're able to kind of take a step back and say, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get as worked up as I did last time. I'm still going to care about it. I'm still going to be informed, but I am able to take a step back and say, you know what? I know what matters, what doesn't. I know how to find uh, the truth behind the headlines and I know what might be exaggerated fake news and I'm going to try my best to maintain my relationships and friendships despite disagreements. Maybe we'll be better prepared now. Maybe it won't be quite as crazy or just quite as dark as 2016 was, but we do still have to pay attention. So Biden is the front runner right now, which is crazy because he hasn't really been campaigning at all. Uh, here is his latest pitch. If I'm elected president, you're going to see the single most important thing that changes in America is we're going to cure cancer. So Biden lost a son to brain cancer. This is obviously something that is personal to him. This is obviously something that is close to his heart. And I don't want to trivialize that at all. I truly believe that he wants he wants a cure to cancer. We all do. Every single person that I know would love a cure to cancer. However, this is just not something that can be promised by a politician. It's just absurd to promise it. You can say that you want cancer to be cured, that you believe that maybe we should fund it even more, even though there are billions of and billions of dollars going into cancer research right now. Uh, sure, you can make that pitch, but to say that while you are president, cancer is going to be cured, I mean, it's just, it's absurd. It's an absurd promise to be able to make because you cannot deliver on it. But that's the nature of politics, it seems like, especially in 2020, that uh, politicians, and maybe it's always been like this, maybe it's not a 2019, 2020 thing, uh, that politicians seem to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah, I, pro- I think that's probably just been a forever thing, overpromise and underdeliver. But when I was in PR, we were always told underpromise and overdeliver. People are much happier that way. Of course, that's not how politicians win campaigns. They have to kind of promise these ridiculous things. But come on. I mean, come on. I think even Democrats who like Joe Biden kind of roll their eyes at this and they're like, there is no way. There is no way that he's going to be able to cure cancer because he doesn't have any control over that. The reason not being able to cure cancer, it's not a lack of funding issue. It's not because presidents in the past haven't cared about it. It's just because, I guess, because scientists have not 
figured it out yet. And I just don't think Joe Biden or anyone else in office is going to be able to change that unless there's this huge roadblock put in by previous presidents that I don't know about. But it's just a ridiculous promise. And it's just another example of politicians uh, guaranteeing things that they cannot guarantee because they are desperate to win. Uh, another ridiculous thing that was said by a politician this week, our very own, our very favorite freshman congresswoman from the Bronx, AOC, she says a lot of things. Now, lately, she has said some things that I don't completely disagree with. I kind of forget. Wait, what did she say? She said something about how solitary confinement is, uh, you know, it's not humanitarian. That, uh, who is it? That Paul Manafort, that he shouldn't be sent to Rikers. I think she even might have said that Rikers was shut down because of all of the human rights violations that are there. And I'm like, okay, that's not the craziest thing that you've ever said. We would probably be able to have a logical conversation about that. So she's not always completely off her rocker. I would say about 99% of the times, uh, percent of the time, yes, but not all the times. Now, here, here she goes back. Here she reverts back to the AOC that we know and love. Here's what she says. So she's agreeing with some quote tweet, but or she quote tweets someone. And she says, yep, uh, voting against cost of living increases for members of Congress may sound nice, but doing so only increases pressure on them to keep dark money loopholes open. This makes campaign finance reform harder. All workers deserve cost of living increases, including minimum wage workers. So what she's saying is that we need to use more tax dollars to pay members of Congress more money uh, because they need cost of living increases. Now, I understand they live in D.C. D.C. is extremely expensive. Apartments in D.C. are extremely expensive. It is difficult to raise a family in D.C. unless you already have a lot of money uh, going into Congress. I understand that. But there's a lot of people who would say, hey, I don't want more of my tax dollars being spent to support Congress when they already make a six-figure salary. Again, I'm not saying that's a whole lot of money in D.C., but it's a lot more money than a lot of people are making in other parts of the country. And in equally expensive parts in the country as well. And so there's a lot of people who say, no, politicians do not need to be paid even more or Congress people don't need to be paid even more than they already do. There's a conversation to be had about that. I, I, I do think that there's a conversation and a logical and sane conversation to be had about that. There are probably good reasons on both sides. But what is not a good reason, what is not a good reason is that we should pay Congress people more because if we don't, they're going to keep dark money loopholes open. So basically, they're going to be taking dark money. They're going to be engaging in illicit behavior uh, to gain money because we don't pay them more. So basically what she's saying, increase increase my uh, cost of living uh, or increase the money that I get for a cost of living, increase my pay or else I'm going to start taking bribes. Uh, increase how much I get paid or else I'm going to start taking dark money. So basically she's bribing people. She's like, if you don't give me what I want, then I am going to get money another way. I mean, she's not talking about herself necessarily, but that's not how morality works. Like, does she understand that? Well, if you don't give me what I want, I'm just going to find an illegal way to get it. That doesn't make any sense. So can I say, uh, if you don't drop my tax rate to zero, I'm just going to stop paying taxes or... Uh, if you don't drop my tax rate to zero, I'm going to start engaging in some kind of illegal behavior. I mean, that's basically bribery. 
You're basically saying, um, give me more money or else I am going to break the law. That's just not how it works. That's not how morality functions. And she's saying it's our fault. Like it's our fault if we don't want to pay more uh, of our taxpayer dollars to pay Congress more, then it's our fault if they engage in this kind of dark money behavior. Really? Where's personal responsibility when it comes to this? Where's morality when it comes to this? It just doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm going to try to, I, you know what? I think this is a good tactic for like a child. It's a really good tactic for a child. It's like, hey, mom, uh, unless you give me everything that I want, unless you up my allowance to $400 a week, I'm just going to steal all your money and buy a bunch of shoes. Okay, that sounds really good. That's basically what she's saying here. So that's one of the crazy, one of the other crazy things that politicians have said this week. Um, here's another, oh, wait, this is not a politician. This is just something that happened in the media, which was so ridiculous. So Mel Magazine is apparently an online outlet. This was going around. I've never heard of them before, but it's an online outlet and they're telling men to share their abortion experiences. They're saying, okay, well, this is going to be normalized if men come out and say, um, you know, their experience with abortion, their girlfriend, their wife, whatever, getting an abortion. Now, they had to note, though, at the top of it, th these are the times that we're living in. We live in such confusing times that we actually have to clarify something like this. So the editors note at the top of this article asking men to share their experiences or uh, the woman in their life, uh, her experiences with abortion. Here's the editor's note on top of this. It says, for brevity's sake, we're using the word women to describe people who get pregnant and men to describe those who impregnate them. But people of all genders can get pregnant and uh, get people pregnant. And this guide is intended to be a useful resource for them as well. So we have to clarify clarify what we mean by women and what we mean by men that yes in the traditional in the traditional sense only women can have babies and only men can impregnate women uh, but we apparently have to clarify that that's not really true we're just saying that so people will understand it because you know for brevity's sake here but that's not really true both men can have babies and women can get men pregnant everyone just needs to understand that okay wake no woke up you need to woke up and realize that every gender is able to get pregnant you guys i'm just so excited i'm so excited to raise my daughter in this world this is going to be really fun when i have to bring her home one day and say now i know that you heard that someone's dad is pregnant at school but that's not true that's not true. They're not pregnant. Only women can get pregnant and only men can impregnate them. I mean, that's going to be a really exciting time. I cannot, I cannot even comprehend what it is like to live in the mind of someone who is this woke. Like how confused possibly, how confused can you possibly be? Like this is not, uh, people who think that uh, the it's not just the, that gender is fluid, but that biological sex is fluid. I just, I don't really understand how you make sense of society. And I know it seems like, okay, that's just this archaic and, and uh, binary way of looking at things. Well, yes, of course it is, because that's how society has thrived since the beginning of time. And every time, in every culture, there has been a distinction between men and women, a distinction between husbands and wives. And no culture has a man been able to get pregnant and no culture has a woman been able to impregnate a man. And there have been social and gender differences because of the biological distinctions between men and women. That is literally how the entire universe has functioned properly 
since its very existence. And so for us to come along now and to say, well, I took a class in postmodern gender studies in 2015 and I'm completely changing it up, it's it's just a little absurd. Like you can see how maybe this is kind of chaotic and confusing for some people. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. All I'll say is that I'm really glad that I'm not I'm glad that I'm not on that side. I don't think that my brain um my my brain just must not be smart enough to be able to comprehend all of it. I must just be extremely narrow-minded and extremely ignorant of all of the possibilities of gender and sexuality. Uh, here's another amazing, amazing quote from someone on the left. So Charlotte Clymer, she um, is a transgender activist. She is just a, kind of a liberal Twitter person that a lot of people retweet on the left. She's a leftist blue checkmark, as I say. Uh, so she said this tweet, Uh, Not all opinions are equal. Not all opinions are deserving of our time and consideration. Not all opinions should be given space in the public square. If you push a belief, she says in quotes, that is directly harmful to others, you have moved past opinion and into a threat of or into threat to public safety. Okay. Okay, I just want you to take a second to take that in. So not all opinions are equal. They're not deserving of time and consideration. They shouldn't be given space in the public square and they might even be a threat to public safety. Okay, and you've got all these people saying, yes, queen, yes, I totally agree with you. This is such a good take, except it's not. It's a terrible take. It's an un-American take. It doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. So not all opinions are equal. They're not deserving of our time and consideration. Some shouldn't even be in the public square, and some are harmful to the well-being of others. Who gets to decide that? Who gets to decide what opinions are equal and what's not? Who gets to decide what opinions get a fair shake in the public square? Does this, does Charlotte get to decide? Does she get to decide that? Um, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't, I don't understand why this person is the arbiter of what is harmful and what is not. What's harmful? Are my biblical views harmful? Are Christian views harmful? Are conservative views harmful? What is harmful? What actually hurts the well-being of other people? What is a threat to public safety? What's public safety? And who gets to decide all of that? Yes, uh, opinions are deserving of our time and consideration, or at least in the public square. You don't have to pay attention to them. You don't have to. You can say, personally, for me, I'm not going to pay attention to that to that particular opinion. That's totally fine. That's your prerogative. But to say that someone doesn't have a right to share their opinion because you arbitrarily and subjectively think that it's harmful to the well-being of other people, that's exactly why we have the First Amendment. That's exactly why we have the First Amendment. So people like this can't come along and say, sorry, your opinion doesn't matter. Now, I said much of this, basically, on Twitter, and she said, I'm talking about anti-vaxxers. Anti-vaxxers and their opinions have been proven to kill people. Well, first of all, she didn't say that in her tweet. First of all, that's not what she said in her tweet. And I guarantee you, she is not just talking about vaccinations. I guarantee you, she is talking about people who disagree with her on gender, on transgenderism, on sexuality, probably on healthcare, probably on abortion too. She probably thinks that those opinions don't deserve to be in the public sphere at all. Uh, but she said, no, this is about anti-vaccine. Well, look, even if we agree on vaccinations, even if you agree, even if you are a pro-vaxxer, that does not mean that anti-vaxxers or vax-hesitant people uh, don't have a right to share their opinion. Of course they have a right to share their opinion. You don't have to listen to it. You don't have to take their advice. Uh, That's perfectly fine. But do they have a right to say their opinion or say their thoughts as much as you disagree with them? They absolutely do. Now, 
taking their logic, taking their logic, that means that pro-choicers should not be able to have a platform at all that they shouldn't be able to talk about abortion because they are anti-science. They say, oh, it's not really life inside the womb. It's this clump of cells until you want it to be a life. I mean, it's completely philosophical hogwash. It's total, it's total and absolute nonsense. Uh, the pseudo, pseudo-philosophical, pseudo-science, if you can even call it that, justification that people make for aborting life inside the womb, it doesn't even make any sense whatsoever. Uh, and yet we're giving them a platform and I agree with giving them a platform. I, I, I think that we should, even though babies, millions of babies are dying every year. I want people who disagree with me, who I even think are harmful to be free to share their opinions and say the things that they want to say. But unfortunately there are too many people, not all, but too many people on the left who do not think that anyone who has a Christian or conservative or uh, opinion that uh, opposes theirs that they should have a right to speak at all. They really think that the First Amendment should be narrowed to the people that they agree with and that they agree with only. So those are the crazy things. Those are the crazy things that have uh, that have happened this week. So now we are going to move on to some other things that we don't get because those are basically the things that I don't get that happened this week in the news. But now we're going to talk about some of the things that you guys don't get. Now, if you don't know what the segment is, that things I just don't get, these are basically... I wouldn't call them peeves. They're things that I genuinely have questions about. So this is not judgment. This is not me saying, wow, I just don't understand you. It's me saying, okay, I just have questions about this and I am not totally sure the reason behind them. Like, for example, like I want to know why people like anime. Like there's nothing wrong with anime, but I just, I want to know. Like what's the, what's the thing, what is it? What is interesting about it? Is it like a comic book or why do people like drawing anime? I'm just, I'm wondering. So that's the thing I don't get is anime. Personally, never researched it myself. So if you have any insight on that, I also, things I don't get, Crocs. Like, I don't know if people like them ironically or if people are really bringing them back. Because, you know, we've gotten like a a lot of ironic foot trends and ironic shoe trends that have happened over the past 10 years. Like I feel like New Balance started out as this ironic thing that people started wearing again, and then we started wearing them. The same thing with Birkenstocks. And then the same thing with uh, Adidas, for example. Like, you know, Adidas with the three stripes really came back. And I think that some people were doing it like ironically at first. And then it became this thing that people are actually wearing. I have those shoes. And so are Crocs ironic? Are they like that? Or do people actually like them? That's a thing I don't get and I need insight on. Um, Another thing I don't get is why we're ever required to fax something. Someone actually sent me this and I totally agree with you. Why are we ever required to fax something? Is this 1997? Is this 1985? When I'm required to fax something to like some kind of government, like for example, I had to um, get uh, I had to get a medical reason to not go into jury duty this month because I am full term pregnant, and so I had to fax something to them. Well, I don't have a fax machine. I don't know where to go to fax something. When I have to fax something to my um, to my doctor's office, why do I have to fax it? I I would rather, can I just send you a picture of it? Why do I have to fax something? So that's definitely a thing I don't get. Again, if you have insight into that, I don't get why people don't like chicken fingers. I don't get, or I don't understand why people like kale. If it's just something that we're all like kind of pretending 
that we need to like it. If it's just some blogger was like, oh, kale is really good. Like we should all like kale and we all just kind of pretended to like it together. I don't know. I've tried. I've tried to like hop on that joke, that big inside joke that we're having about kale and I just haven't been able to do it. So that's something that I don't get. Another thing that I don't get, which I've talked about many times is people that don't wear headphones when they're watching like a video or something in public on their phone. Don't get that. Don't get talking on speakerphone. I honestly don't get people that have their phones on loud. Now, my dad, for example, he always has his phone on loud in public and it's going off dinging every five minutes. And I'm like, this must just be a millennial thing. We always have our phones on silent. So those are things that I don't get. So you guys send me some things that you don't get, which I think are really really good. Some of them made me really laugh out loud. So one of the things that you said that you don't get is women's pants that have fake pockets. I, I don't understand that either. Why? I, okay, actually I'm going to try to explain it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you an explanation on all of these things from my very expert opinion. So the reason why women have fake pockets that are not real. Okay. Why did I say that? I don't know why I felt like I need to clarify that. We know what fake means. But I think it's because pockets add shape to pants and they can make your legs look better. They can make your physique look better, but you don't want the material that's in real pockets to be all bunchy and then make you look bad. Where guys don't really care because their pants are baggy. But for women's pants who are, who, uh, that are more fitted, then I think that's why. I think that's why. Because the pockets make the lines look different, but the material on the inside could make it look more bulky. So that's going to be my expert opinion on that, but really good question. Um, okay. Uh, people who dumb down their language or use fake slang to seem cool, like Ote. <laughs> I've never heard of someone doing that, but that just makes me laugh. I have no idea why someone would do that. Like basically baby talk, why some people use baby talk. I have no idea. Do I, do I do that? Do I use baby talk sometimes? Gosh, I hope not. I hope that someone would have written a review at some point and be like, please stop doing this. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that. I think that's kind of weird as well. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is like a pet peeve, uh, that I think is funny. So someone who needs to explain in depth, uh, something that you made a small complaint about. So for example, I can't believe I have to take this many credit hours of history or what, or whatever. Or uh, I can't believe we have so much rain lately and this person has to be like, well, actually, it's because of this reason and you just need to know that this is the exact reason why this thing is happening. I totally agree. Sometimes you just want to you just want to say something. You just want to state a fact about something like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's raining. And the person actually has to give you a scientific explanation for it. You're like, you know what, Kathy? I was just saying, I was just making conversation, just making conversation. So I totally get that. Um, <laughs> okay. This is funny because I think this is like a call out of me. And some of you, maybe this is what all of this is. Maybe you guys are using this to tell me the things that I need to stop doing. A woman who brag about how long it's been since they washed their hair and how much dry shampoo is on their head. I've seen some influencers say that they're lucky to shower every day. Why? I wash my hair every other day, but I do shower every single day. Why is this such a common thing? LOL. I don't know. That's a good question. I think it'd be actually, I remember in high school, like we would like compete to see who could go the longest without washing their hair. And our parents thought it was disgusting. I don't know why we do this. I don't think I brag though about not washing my hair, although it's been a long time since I washed my hair. I don't think I brag about it. I don't know why we do this. 
I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like, is there like a glorified slobbishness, a glorified laziness in the millennial culture? Like, look how much I don't care, but I still look awesome. Maybe that's what it is. I think that's a really good question. We could probably like do some research into that, into why millennial women brag about not washing their hair. There could probably be some interesting psychoanalysis uh, underneath that. Um, Someone says that they don't get why people watch music videos. I don't know. Do people watch music videos? I don't watch music videos unless people are talking about it and I feel like I need to like know something about the culture. Then sometimes I'll watch music videos, but music videos used to be cool. When we were like, not even teenagers, I would say like preteens, music videos used to be awesome. Uh, why people chew loudly or eat yogurt or bananas in a quiet place? Uh, okay, chew loudly or eat yogurt or bananas in a quiet place? Wait, why can't you eat bananas in a quiet place? Why can't you eat yogurt in a quiet place? Do you, do you eat those things loudly? I don't, I don't think I eat yogurt loudly. Now I'm not going to like go to the library to eat yogurt, but I don't know if I would think that that was odd if someone did. Maybe, I mean, bananas can kind of have a pungent smell. So maybe I understand. Okay. People, usually women who will literally post multiple selfies a day with irrelevant cliche captions. Um, oh, and I got another one similar to this that said people who post selfies multiple times a day that say like feeling down or feeling sad or something. I don't know why people do this. I don't know. I typically like if, I don't know, some people just need affirmation and that's okay. I mean, obviously it's better to get affirmation not on social media, but I tend to kind of feel bad for people who have to get their accolades and have to get their support and identity and hope from the likes and the comments that they get on social media. So I would guess that that's probably the reason. Um, oh, this is controversial. This might be the last one because we're way over 30 minutes. Uh, dog people thinking, treating, acting like a dog is the same as a person, but assuming, assuming you do too, uh, I'm not totally sure the word and letting it drool and rub all over you or bringing it into my house. Um, you need to ask, wow, if someone's bringing their dog into your house without asking you, I do think that that's kind of odd. Now I am an animal person. I love animals. I love cats and dogs, but I do think it's weird when people elevate their animals to the place of a human being, when they let them act like a human being, if dogs can even do that, or when they pretend like they are just as equal in value as a human being, I do think that's really odd. Maybe that's what you're saying. Now, no, I have to end on this one because I don't know what this one is and I want this person to tell me. The thing that they don't get, they said this in all caps, nightmare before Christmas subculture. Is that a subculture? Do people have nightmare before Christmas subculture? That's like a, a realm on the internet that people just talk about nightmare. I've never seen nightmare before Christmas. Is it Tim Burton? Tim Burton stuff makes me throw up. I know that's really weird. I can't watch Tim Burton. I remember one time I, went, I watched Coraline and I actually got physically ill. I don't know what it is about the animation of Tim Burton. It makes me queasy. Like I, I so I don't think if... Nightmare Before Christmas is Tim Burton. I don't think that I would like it. So I'm definitely not a part of that subculture. I'm totally out on that subculture. But if it is a subculture, maybe it's like anime. Like, I just don't know what it is. So you guys can enlighten me on that. Man, that's really funny. You guys sent me a lot of funny, funny stuff that you don't get. There's just a lot of things. You know, people, there's a lot of different people in the world. And we can get along with most of them. And we probably have a lot more in common with the people that we don't get than we think. And 
and we can just kind of celebrate our quirks and our differences because man, people are into some funny stuff and they do some funny things. Okay. That's how we are going to end today's episode. We'll be back here on Monday with Theology Monday. I haven't decided the topic that we're going to talk about, but it'll be good. Rest assured. Okay. I'll see you guys then. Bye.